Welcome back to Calvary Life. Uh, this is the podcast for um, church members at Calvary Baptist Church, but also anybody else out there that's interested in uh, life in a local church. We're glad to be back today. I'm Charles Uptain. Hey, I'm Paul Thompson. And uh, today we uh, we want to, I guess, continue the discussion from last week when uh, Paul uh, had a great discussion with a couple of our women leaders uh, and what they're doing in February. And so um, I was not able to be here, but I thought uh, this question really came to me after that uh, podcast, which was, Okay, so we, we know that we, we see our, our women having prayer and fasting emphasis in February, and we're excited for that and going to really push that. But um, for, for the men, for the husbands, what are ways, Paul, that, that the husbands can, can encourage their wives, get involved? What would you, what would you say to the man out there that, that um, his wife is, is really wanting to do this well uh, with this uh, prayer and fasting? I would say the first step would be encourage it at the very least encourage it and whatever practical steps that might take you know some of you guys might need to take on the responsibility of a meal preparation or something once per week you got kids at home and that sort of thing and um, your your wife has committed herself to a season of, of fasting and maybe she's taken one day a week and um, you can really alleviate some some stress on her some pressure on her when she's trying to be faithful to that commitment and um, trying to do that while she's preparing meals for you and the kids and that sort of thing, man, that's just a great opportunity. Do take out, um, cook dinner, take the kids out, whatever you can do um, to support it. But there's some other ways you can support it too, Charles. I, you know, our women um, are really going to be challenged. I know a number of them have already begun this, really just stepping up their their commitment to time with the Lord. Yeah. And in a, in a when you have a busy life, and I'm speaking maybe more specifically those with kids at home, you got a house full, you got teenagers, or you got preschoolers, or you've got infants, you know, I mean, all are challenging in different ways. Some are challenging in, in the house, some are challenging getting them around to places, and just, you know, all the demands, you, you know what I mean? Guys, one of the things that you can really do is help ensure that, that your wife has some time alone. Um, that is, that's important, that's an investment in her, to, yeah. to really protect that, so some quiet, some downtime where... You take responsibility for the kids. You you be the one that answers their demands. You be the one that transports them or, or picks them up when they're crying, whatever it may be. If you can take that load off, on, and I'm not just saying just for this season or just on the one day of the week they may choose to fast or the one day of the month or however they choose to do that. I'm talking about to to really help cultivate their personal time with God. Um, you know, I think of like for Cecilia, for my wife, um, to really one of the gifts I can give her is to just ensure that I'm going to be protective of that time she wants to spend with the Lord. So you know, she's got a routine she wants to do and a space where she likes to do it. And she's got her chair and she's got her books and she's got her Bible there. And just making sure that's a sacred space, not invaded, you know, as much as I can to, to help protect that and cultivate it. Yeah, I think we, we um, and I know not, you know, it's, it's stereotypical to say all the guys are out of the house all the time and the ladies are in the house all the time. That's not the case. But but there are some demands there. And I know for me personally, my wife stays at home and has helped raise the kids that way. You know, I think I sometimes don't realize the the every moment struggle that there is to find some time away. You know, um, I'm, I'm lucky. I, I'm, I'm away from the house. I, I can I can find times to do things with God and, and have that time. And, and sometimes our wives don't have that opportunity. No, and they may even feel they may even feel guilty for wanting to take it you know that is not an indulgence for them that is not a luxury for them that is an investment in them and that's a that's an act of love towards them and and that's to your benefit too i know we're not doing this as a 
you know, a cost-benefit analysis sort of scenario here. But guys, you want to invest in your marriage, invest in the spiritual health of your of your wives, and and encourage them to do that. So I think that's that's one thing you do. You know, something else you could do is join in with them. Yeah, I mean, you want to really be supportive, and your wife has made a commitment of fasting. Take a look at the uh, prayer and fasting guide that our women's ministry has produced, and jump in there and and say, hey, I want to do this with you. Let's do this together. Or I'm going to encourage you in it too. Maybe we're not actually you know, sitting together in, in prayer, but that could be part of that. We're going to pray together. But I'm going to be praying on the same days, and I'm going to be fasting on the same days. But if you really want to step up your encouragement to the next level, do what do what your spouse is doing. Jump yeah. in there. Yeah, I think one other thing is 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 ask them what's going on. You know, what what are they seeing this month? I mean, I think those are some great conversations you can have with your spouse as well. You know, one of the coolest things that Cecilia and I did, and this has been a while, now I need to revisit because it just popped into my head. We did a season, and this was based on a book that we were reading, and it, there were uh, husband and wife versions of it, but committing to these 30 days daily prayer for your spouse. And I know that's not exactly what the women are doing this month uh, coming up in their, their initiative, their emphasis, but that commitment, if you could forge that sort of habit. Now, we do pray for each other. I'm not saying we don't, but that specific commitment with a guide, we're going to pray for each other. You talk about something that, that strengthens the bonds, that really mitigates and limits conflict and tension and makes those petty things really just seem like, man, I'm not going to go there. This is, it just, it just amplifies the love I think you have and the, just the realization. When I'm sitting there, I'm going I'm to pause, I'm going to focus, I'm going to pray for my spouse. That's a game changer. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be great. I think we can have a, a good month of, of spiritual growth, spiritual uh, maturity through this, through February. I'm really excited about it uh, for my own growth as well and, and what I'm going to try to help Melody with and, and uh, you know, help her uh, do this as well as we can. Uh, another question, you know, uh, of course, Sunday night now, you know, um, the, the ladies are going to do their prayer worship time in the sanctuary, and the men are going to be in the fellowship center, and And uh, you've asked me to speak that night, so I'm, I'm getting prepared for that. And as I was, I, I thought, you know, I don't think Paul ever has the opportunity just to speak to men, so um, as in a men of the church. So I thought I'd ask you, you know, if you were if you were standing up there Sunday night, um, not that I'm going to steal what you say, um, but what would you be be encouraging our guys with? What would you be saying, challenging them with it. those kind of things? You can steal it. There's nothing new under the sun. So, <laughs> um, here, here's here's one thought I have. I think sometimes we're guilty in, in church life of treating men's events and women's events very differently. And we do this sometimes like on Father's Day and Mother's Day. The contrast can be rather glaring sometimes. With with women, I think we tend to try to be more encouraging and uplifting. And, you know, we want to talk about how how blessed we are to have you and what a gift you are and what a treasure you are. And and with men we tend to try to drop the hammer. Like, you know, you yeah. guys are you guys are so sorry <laughs> and you're not doing anything you're supposed to be doing. It's time for you to step up. When are you gonna act like men? And I I think there are other ways to motivate. I know that can be part of it, but I think one of the things I would say is really just encourage these men, um, just to, to really encourage them with the potential that they have and what they could be doing and, and really to encourage those who are doing the right thing, to stay the course because the fruit that you're hoping to see and enjoy may be years down the road. Yeah. So that faithful man, man, just keep keep being that. Keep trusting that. Um, keep doing that. Keep keep working hard at it. Keep working on your marriage. Keep Keep investing in your kids. Um, keep fighting the good fight. It, it's worth it. it. It's worth what you're doing. The results are going to be there one day. you got to trust God. So I'm not sure if that's a specific answer, but I really would love to see some sense of those men come out of there with 
just in encouragement with just enthusiasm to, to press on. And, and maybe for some, just a little bit of a challenge, a little bit of a nudge. If you, if you don't, if you don't have something to do right now that is fulfilling you spiritually, you know, I think as men, we, we, we recognize we want to be doing something. We've got to be doing something. And we want something that, that's, that's satisfying, that, that feels like this is worth us doing, worth us investing in. I think that's why sometimes as men we get frustrated with our jobs because we feel like this, this is just a dead-end thing or this is just monotony or routine. i got to find something meaningful, something satisfying. So we're looking for those things. So we get into hobbies or, or um, you know, recreation or um, you know, investment. or you know, We're looking for something that we feel like scratches the itch, yeah. meets the need. Um, I believe God has given us that spiritual need also, finding that niche that, that, that ministers, that serves, that connects. And there are so many of those opportunities, um, serving their, their kids that need mentors and male influences. There are, there are people that need men in their lives. There are, there are senior adults that could use your, you know, use your involvement in their life. Um, they, they're not asking for a, a replacement son, but man, they could use a, they could use a strong back sometime, or uh, just someone that's willing to help out here and there. I mean, just so many places, you know, that you could you could step in. And obviously, you're not just doing it for yourself. I'm not saying that. I'm saying there's some real benefit to saying, man, that was that was good. I'm glad I got to do that. That that's helping me find out how God wired me, and, and it's just satisfying. God made us to have those needs, the need to serve, the need to give, the need to do something that's meaningful. So. I would, you know, I would challenge them to do that. Uh, find something meaningful. Don't waste your life. Yeah. And for those young guys, um, nothing is like the present. No time is like the present to start these things. If you haven't been doing devotions in your home, like my my daughter challenged me one time. She was at church on a Sunday and was talking about, you know, Dad, you're hitting up all these things with, you know, family devotions, family worship time. She says, you know, we didn't do that well when we were growing up, and she was a little bit resentful, kind of calling me out. <laughs> and I said, Sarah, you know, that's exactly right. And that's one of the reasons I speak about it so strongly now, because if I had one thing I could do differently, I would have been much more intentional about that. Yeah. And I wouldn't have assumed that just our time praying around the table and us all going to church together and talking about church stuff together and those casual conversations, incidental conversations, were sufficient. I wouldn't have. If I could redo it, I would be very intentional with all of you growing up. We would be very intentional about... There was a season, there were several years where all my kids were in Christian school, and of course they're always in church and that sort of thing, but I would not have ceded any of that stuff to anybody else as primary. That would have been mine. I would have taken that much more seriously and not just assume that because I'm, I'm a Christian, Christian dad, churchgoer, in my case pastor, that that was sufficient. So anyway, there's just some of those things. I, I, that's a lot of stuff, but yeah. it's really if those guys can come out and feel like, man, you're, you're champions of God, you're key instruments in God's plan for the sake of not just your marriage and your family, but for your community, for the church, um, you're it. We need, we need men. We need strong men, and the world needs them. So anything that can rally them, I think, would be positive. Yeah, and, and speaking to that, the next question I have is, um, so we've talked in here about a compelling community, that we want our, our people to uh, feel like this is their family and that we are encouraging one another, and this is a place we come to do life together, and it's not just a part of our life, it is our life, is, is Calvary, is our church body. Um, so with that, what what would you like to see our men 
doing better or stronger in the church itself. You know, uh, I'm so thankful that we have D groups now and we have men that are, are stepping out and spending time in God's word together. I'm, I'm thankful that we have a, a deacon body that's, that's willing to serve in any way. And, and they're finding exact tasks to do as, as Dwayne Haley leads that ministry. So, but what would you say, you know, if our men could be stronger in, in this, these couple of areas or this area in the church, what would, what would that be? I would say, for one, don't cede some of the critical ministries to just women primarily, preschool and children. Um, those ministries really need the support of men, the engagement of men. And um, those kids, they need the presence of men there, just good, godly men. Um, and not just for those who come from single-parent homes. I, I grew up in a single-parent home, and you know, I've told this versions of the story a lot of times in messages. I can look back at different periods from early elementary through middle school through high school of good and godly men at my church who were very influential to me. And I'm not saying they fulfilled all these fatherly roles, but very influential to me. And men used the skills that God had given them. I, I think of a man in my church named Grady. Grady, his hobby was woodworking. So you know, what do you think Grady would do with a, with a young man with no dad around? He'd take me to his workshop and yeah. show me how to build stuff. Um, as it turned out, Grady helped build furniture for my college dorm my freshman year and took stuff to my dorm that Grady, he had really made, but I helped him make. And, you know, those little, those memories, that's just an engagement. He wasn't a theologian. He wasn't a Bible scholar. He was a good Christian man who wanted to spend time with. And I think of others of good Sunday school teachers and volunteers in student ministry and those who would take time to go on student retreats and those things invaluable but i would say jump into those ministries find joyce find zach and say how can i serve there um i I think also really stepping up some with with what we could be doing for the sake of some of our seniors you know we've got a great ministry called calvary cares and rex hearn leads that charles how like if somebody wants to do that they're listening and say okay i'd like to serve i've got some skills i could i could give i can cut some grass i can Mm -hmm. i can do some home repair, minor stuff, or build a ramp, or something like that. How would they get connected with that? Well, you know, like most of the things we do that are that are around in our community, and, and what we're saying, how do I get involved? The person to talk to, number one, is Tommy Perry. I mean, that is Tommy's job. That is Tommy's go-to, is to take someone who wants to do something and then plug them into places. So, so Tommy is the guy from the staff side that I would say, go see him. And then, of course, he has a relationship with Rex and with Mike McCann and those other guys who really have put Calvary Cares together. And, and then they just they form teams, and then they you know a lot of stuff is done by text messaging back and forth that this is a project we're going to do, and it just becomes a it's who can make it, and they just fill in the teams when they happen. It's, um, so Rex goes out usually, and Rex will, Rex will kind of look at a project and kind of put it together and and see what they can do and then calls the guys that have said they're interested in that so but from a from a one person who do I contact I would say Tommy's the guy so here's the thing I would say to men thinking about that guys here's my challenge you maybe overarching all these issues and areas you've got to be proactive that that's what you really need to do because it is very difficult for us to cover all the bases all the time it gets a little bit exhausting from the church staff end of trying to promote 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 all the time all the time trying to rally people together to this need to that need the bottom line is there are a thousand swirling needs all the time and the best way and really this is us putting the ball in your court you got to be proactive you got to be asking Um, if you're wondering are there opportunities and missions right now Man, 100%. 
from things local that you could do this weekend to things around the globe. There are opportunities. There are, there are needs. Do we have some, some people in our church that need stuff right now? Absolutely. Right now, today, we could put you on something. Are there holes and gaps in, in ministry and places? For sure. And you know, don't use an excuse, well, no one asked me. Yeah. Or I didn't know anything about that. Or well, you guys don't say anything about that from the pulpit. It really, it really is hard. And I'll throw this out there, Charles, since you know the focus of our of our podcast, at least primarily, has been for our own people's sake, kind of get a glimpse behind the scenes. But I suspect this is true. If there are other pastors listening, if you're a member of another church somewhere listening, you know, we really intentionally want our focus on Sunday morning to be about worship. We yeah. really want it to be about honoring God. And it can't really just be a catch-all. You know, we, we're very sensitive to not let it be a Christian variety show or just a, a platform for promoting ministries and activities and recruiting and all that stuff. I mean, when we're playing those Sunday services, we're thinking about how do we sing songs that honor God in the right way? How do we read scriptures? How do we pray prayers? How do we preach a message that ties all these things together? You know, you know what I'm saying? I'm just right. I'm saying we can't, there's not a good way. We've never found a good way. And we hear these uh, repeats all the time. Um, well, I didn't know anything about that. Well, it's been in the bulletin for six months. Right. Or, um, you know, I never heard about that. Well, we made that announcement, or it was on the screen. Listen, the bottom line is, if you want to get involved, just man, just jump out there. Come, come see somebody. If it's if it's ministry, mission stuff, focus, see Tommy. If it's a specific ministry area, well, you know, hopefully you'll know the ministry leaders in those areas and our names and things are listed in the back of the bulletin. Contact that ministry area. How how can I serve? What can I do? I, w- I want to do something. Yeah. And that leads me to another question I was going to ask at the end, but I'll ask it now. You know, uh, I, I, of course, have been helping with college ministry, and, and we have some guys in there who are kind of new to the church, and some of them are really, they want to they want to do something. And and so, but with that, I think we, we go back to one of our books that really has been a, a foundational book for us, The Trellis and the Vine. And, and sometimes what we really need them to do is to um, build relationships. When you agree, I mean, it's not always about the church work that we want yeah. them to do. You know, we were we were talking about what we're going to even talk about in this podcast, and and really our challenge to men. This may sound like a bit of a broken record, but it really is it really is relational discipleship. It's it's guys getting together. That's that's what we probably need most. We need some guys in the, you know, we need some guys in the foxhole with us, some guys in the fight with us. We need some people that we're really sharing life with, and I don't mean that in any cliched way, that we're really being honest with, sharing struggles and difficulties, really praying hard and well for each other, praying for our families, praying for our own needs. Um, We need people that are encouraging us and holding us accountable and pushing us to to do the right thing, be the right thing. Um, there's, There's no substitute. We could do every program in the world. We could set up every event in the world, every kind of special service, and none of that is gonna hit the mark. None of that's going to really strike the nerve like small group discipleship. Yeah, men together, three or four guys saying, "Let's do this. Let's 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 get let's get serious in our pursuit of Christ." And you've got to be willing to be challenged. You've got to be willing to be made uncomfortable. You've got to be willing to be I don't know even offended a little bit. You've got to have some people willing to say some some tough stuff. But you also you've got to have you got to have a brother in there that's, as this, you know, as the Bible says, is born for adversity. I mean, and and there it's going to be there for you and to help you and encourage you. I just think that the best thing that we have done for men 
the best thing that we're doing for the men right now and the best thing that you could do as a man for yourself and for others is to be in a D group. I really do. I, I think there's just nothing better than that. Your life group is great, and you know, contribute there and learn there and be in community there. Worship is a non-negotiable, I think, um, for you yourself personally and for leading your family. I mean, you know these stats. Um, we, we quote these sort of things rather often. Men who lead their families to church um, will see a far greater response of their sons and daughters um, to the Lord yeah. than those who sit at home. Obviously, they're going to kids tend to, I don't know, tend to move towards the least committed parent, and much more so if it's if it's dad who's least committed. But um, you really want to invest in your spiritual life and invest in the spiritual life of others. Get connected relationally, build build some relationship there. Get with some people, get in a group, and and encourage each other, help each other, dig in together. Yeah, and uh, I know Dan's not here to help us with, with this discussion, but from that, you know, we've been doing D-groups for a couple of years, maybe three years now, and and have seen that ministry really grow to, there's a lot of folks, I don't know if everybody realizes how many uh, D-groups are meeting on Wednesday nights around this place that, you know, Angie's having a hard time figuring out rooms to put groups in, which is an awesome uh, um you know, way to use your time on Wednesday night is to be with that group while we have childcare. I mean, that's one of the good things about it. So, um, but with that, and we've been doing this for three years now or so, what are some of the challenges going forward as we continue to see guys who've been through a D group? Um, what, what would you say is the next step for them? Or is, is there a next step when it comes to that D group? Well, I think, I think part of our tendency, and I get this, well, let me kind of answer this widely. This is a big, that's a big subject right there because I think one, a challenge for a lot of men is they don't really have very many close friends. They yeah. have buddies, maybe some acquaintances, um, you know, people they know. But as far as close friends, I, I think that's a, that's something that's really lacking. And, and that has so many negative implications and consequences. And so I think when you get in that D group and, and you find a few guys that you really connect with and become really close friends, then you don't want to leave that group. And, and I get that. Um, what I would say, if that's your, you know, if that's your situation, maintain those relationships, maintain those friends. And, and as much as possible, I know you can only do so much and give so much time and so many meeting times, continue to meet as you can. Maybe it's less frequently and less formally, but maintain those relationships for sure. But leverage that to encourage those guys to the next step. And the next step would be, guys, we got to help some other people. I mean, if you've benefited, how do you how do you share that with somebody else? How do you connect with somebody else? Because the next step we'd love to see in these D groups is not that same group of guys just let's just do another book. Let's do another study. Right. You know, let's just find something else as a basis for us to keep getting together. I want to encourage that friendship and that and that deep friendship for sure. But are there some younger guys you could you could bring in that need some mentoring, that need some help, that could use some guidance? Um, are there some older men um, that could use some encouragement and that you could benefit from the wisdom of? And really, really next level, are there some people that you work with or some of your neighbors that you could begin? It's not exactly a D group because they're not Christian, so they're not. If, if they're not Christians, I'm saying, if you got some that are, you know, unbelievers where you work or go to school or whatever, it's not exactly a D group because they're not disciples of Jesus. It's an E group. It's a pre-discipleship group. It's your function is evangelism. Can we get together and let's just start talking about God, start talking about life. And you're looking for opportunities to share your testimony, share what you believe, share why, share scripture. Maybe bring a good book to bear to the situation. Let's work through this together. Maybe it's on parenting. Maybe it's on marriage. Maybe whatever. And leverage those opportunities. So I would say, that, you know, those next level would be how can we take this and make disciples, 
not just make better disciples. Yeah. It, ultimately, the aim of, of our disciple-making strategy, I think, would be that, not just helping Christian men, Christian women become better Christian men and women, but helping them be developed so they can make disciples who aren't disciples yet. Yes, yeah, it's, it's kind of like we've, we've had this structured, you know, D-groups is a structure, and so we've kind of helped that put in place, but but we also realize that and recognize that to do disciple-making, to do evangelism, to do those kind of things that are out in the world, it's going to have to be less structured. Yeah. And we're going to have to encourage one another to to go from a structure that is, you know, this is what curriculum is, this is how we expect this group to act and these things, to now us as individual believers taking that in an unstructured way into the life, into our friends and things. Yeah, and use use what you've got. You know, I think sometimes we undersell our men a little bit. we got some guys out there, I mean, you're entrepreneurial geniuses. Yeah. You know how to build build businesses and things. Figure out a way. You Use your creativity. Uh, figure out a way to reach people. Build a group. We've got people out there that are engineers, and they're great at designing systems and processes. Man, figure out what works best in your setting. People who are great with with sales, and, man, they got the people skills, and they can walk into a room and engage whoever. Man, you you know how to engage people. You know, So, yeah, I think that's a great point, Charles. We, we want a, a, a regulated free market of discipleship. We don't want it just to be, you know, whatever. We want to help you and encourage you. We want to give you some good resources and some guidance, but go run with this thing. What what works for you? What can you do? You know, some we've got guys who have a Bible study at their work. We've got guys who just sit down and read a book with some with some other men. We've got people who are just trying to get together for dinner. You you figure that out and go for it. I mean, that's that's really what we want. That's that's the trellis giving way, really, not giving way, but supporting the vine. That's where the vine really starts to take off. Man, this thing is just growing in, in different ways and showing fruit in a lot of different places. So, man, that would be a big challenge for you. Yep. Um, a couple of, uh, of things that I think also are important to mention towards men is uh, we were having this conversation in staff meeting uh, this week about a couple of events coming up and how we hope men will will see them as, a, as an opportunity. I wanted to mention those the first one being Zach mentioned he's doing a, a dad and kid camp out March 1st and 2nd. And this is kind of out at David Woodham's house. And, and uh, But he was hoping, and he's, he's encouraging, and I'm encouraging any men uh, that want to go just hang out, camp out for the night, to be there. Uh, I think uh, that could be an awesome time just to sit around the campfire and talk. Um, and I hope somebody will take advantage of that that maybe doesn't have a kid there, but just to see it as a men's event uh, to go hang out with other guys. It is. I really encourage you guys to go. It's, it's, it's a good opportunity. I can remember the last one I was there for, end up talking to a guy beside me that I barely knew, and the longest, best conversation we'd ever had uh, was sitting there by a fire. So there's just something, I don't know, you know, we need that sometimes. We need some opportunities to just say, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm not going to just sit in front of the TV or I'm not going to doom scroll on my phone. I'm going to actually go, I'm going to go sit by the fire with some guys tonight. Uh, that's a good investment. And that's a good investment in yourself. That's a good investment in the church. Good yeah. investment in those other guys too. Yeah. So if you're interested in that, that's March 1st, Friday night. And so just contact Zach or ask Zach about it or any of us. And we'd be glad to give you the details of that. And then the other thing is something new that we want to bring to our men. And so I guess this is our uh, announcement section of the podcast um, is a, a Friday morning, once a month, uh, kind of back to a men's breakfast, kind of a group setting where we can just gather together. So, Paul, you you really think this is something that we need. So talk about that for a minute, about what we, we hope to do uh, beginning in, in February. As reluctant as I am, and I know we all as a staff are, to just add more programs and things. And, you know, Lord knows we 
we try to be so careful to do things that matter and not just try to remedy things with another event, another activity, another calendar filler. Um, one of the things we talked about is just, again, there's just this need for some guys to get together. Um, women have been setting the pace on that with things like Coffee and Connect quarterly and just different get-togethers. And the benefit of that, of relationship building, meeting some people, just just connecting people. You know, we're not a we're not a mega church, but even at the size we are, there are a lot of guys. You know, be honest, you don't know them. You you may know their names, you may know what their job is. You know nothing about them really. You may not even know their wives' names. Um, it's easy to it's easy to say in your own cul-de-sac. We just thought if we could just get our men together in a purposeful way. Um, we're going to do a book study together. That'll be a basis of our of our discussion. But to have breakfast, to fellowship, and we're doing this at an early hour. I'm not an early morning guy, but respectful to men who have to be at work and may have to travel, you know, across the city or out outside of the city once a month on Fridays. We're gonna we're gonna begin this. We'll just see how this goes, where this takes us. But once a month on Fridays, we get together for just some breakfast and it's just some time together as men um, down at the Rock. And uh, I, I think it'll be, I really think it's going to be fruitful. I just, I think back to some of the encouraging stories I've heard from different men from Bible studies they've done for years or gatherings they used to have where so many men would come together. And I feel like there's a need. I yeah. feel like there's a real need here. Um, you know, one of our guys, John up at the lake, was talking about a, a gathering there at you know, just a local gas station, little restaurant there. Where men are hungry for this. Right. Didn't know how many would come. And next thing you know, there's 60, 70 men showing up for this. And one man in our church who had his basement filled with folding chairs and just so many men gathering. There's just a hunger and a need for men to get together with men. And uh, so we want to do that. We just want to encourage our men to come. And and one of the reasons we're not doing it like we used to do it on Sunday mornings is that just we know that just makes for some long, hard days, you know, yeah. a long, hard Sunday to try to get here early for breakfast. And a lot of our men have other responsibilities. They're teaching. They're doing security. They're volunteering. Plus, you've got kids at home. And for those of you with young kids at home, you know, preschoolers and stuff like that, it's just either it's very hard, if not impossible, to get here earlier than you already are, particularly an hour earlier, or you leave that burden on your, on your wife. So we don't want to do that. So we're talking about you know guys on your work day just get up a little bit earlier and uh, and come and join us. Yeah, so we'll we'll start that in February, February the second, six a.m. down at the Rock, and and we we'll just see see who comes and and like Paul said, we're gonna we're gonna do a, a book study. We'll announce that book study and and just take a chapter or so at a time and and have a, a few moments of discussion around that, but have someone leading that, but then just opportunities to talk and and connect with one another, and I think it can be very, very helpful and beneficial. And you can bring guys with you. I, you know, yeah. this, is, this is an open thing. If you've got you know, some guys that may not quite be ready to show up at a Sunday morning church service, or maybe they're reluctant to do that for whatever reason, reticent to come, bring them with you. you got some guys you work with. Say, hey, come. This is, man, this is you know, just a gathering of guys. We have breakfast, do a little, little devotional, a little Bible study, and it's non-threatening, so this is wide open. Bring your neighbors. Bring, bring, bring your sons on the way to school if you want to. You know, um, just we just want it to be a good time for men to get together. Yeah. Well, anything else, Paul, to add on in this podcast? No. I hope you guys will come out Sunday night. You know, I don't. Just as a reminder, um, this Sunday night we have got special service coming up. So it's uh, women will be in the sanctuary at five. Men will be in the fellowship center. Um, basically, it's like this: uh, if if you've got daughters, daughters 
go with your with your moms or you know if you're a single parent dad and you bring your daughters man there's so many women that would love them and love to have them sitting beside them and that sort of same thing with with boys or young men in right. the men's service if it's a single mom say, what do i do with my sons and we we're a church family and we love to have them come come sit with us yeah. um, they'll they'll do great sitting over there with us we'll have a good time together uh, so men in one setting women in another and i think it'd be a good night for the whole church together um, if you think this is helpful or beneficial for people that you know, spread the word. Um, other church members, other churches, let them know what we're doing here. And if, it, if it'll benefit them in any way, let them know. we got some really good stuff coming up too, Charles. we got some good people coming. I won't prep all that today, promo it, but we got some good podcasts coming up in the next several weeks. Yeah, excited about that. So I'll end it like I'm supposed to end it. For God, for Dothan, for the world. See you next time. <laughs>